there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Kara Crossweight Brindle. Kara is passionate about giving people aha moments that create goosebumps and catalyze powerful action. Kara is honored to serve young adult professionals in her work in mental health with an emphasis on healing trauma and supporting growth through her private practice right here in Denver. She enjoys inspiring innovation and suicide prevention to save lives through her nonprofit, Cata Lively. In addition to being a therapist, Kara also identifies as a perfectioner and has recently released a new book, which we will dive into in today's episode. Kara, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, Katie. Thanks so much. I'm excited to chat with you. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you grew up and what your life was like growing up. Yeah, I mean, I'm a twin. twin. Um, So my sister lives here in Colorado with me now, but we grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So just thinking about all the green and now people associate that with coffee, the you know, birthplace of Starbucks, but also with Twilight, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, I love going back to visit, but I actually love Colorado better. So we're, awesome. we're living here for here into the future. Well, and tell us, you know, a little bit about your upbringing that uh, impacted your eventual career journey and your professional journey. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people ask that about those of us that choose to be therapists of just how did that come to be? And most of us, it's usually from a place of being really good listeners, or maybe we're a confidant to our friends and family. And then there's another group of us that have had some significant, maybe a trauma in our life or an experience that someone like a therapist has helped. And so we want to pay that forward by helping others in the same realm. Um, So I think it's kind of like a 50-50 where interviewed other colleagues, they've either had that significant experience and want to help others or naturally were a listener and felt like, oh, I can get paid to do this and to help more people. So it's kind of a cool combination. Now, take us through your career journey because you you wear a lot of hats here. You're not just a a mental health therapist. So take us through your career journey and where you started out and how how you are, where you're at today. Yeah, that's a great question. I just, uh, I connected with a college friend today and we were just talking about that, how I had stayed in my lane by staying in mental health, which is where I got my degree, my master's degree. And then just recently I've embraced this new identity of being a perfectioner or a perfectionist entrepreneur um, and just seeing how this has shaped my creativity and my businesses. And so I guess kind of in a nutshell, I started by doing therapy for a living and quickly realized that I couldn't do that for 40 hours a week. It was not sustainable. It was not good for me. It was not good for the clients. It's too much heavy to do for 40 hours a week. Um, And so I think as most therapists soon discover, they have to find a secondary option, secondary income, pivot, change to a new business, something of that nature. And so for me, it was like, what can I create that would be, dare I say, passive income, something where I don't have to work too hard. Um, So that's where courses have come in and creating, um, you know, online classes or blogs, things like that. And then two books, um, one of which just launched last week. So I'm excited to see if that really makes a difference for the community and if that actually transitions my position from full-time therapist to more of that entrepreneurial hat that I've been wearing lately. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you bring up a, a good point of you need to kind of have a little bit of a break, especially in, in your field. Talk to us a little bit about how you created these courses for uh, for your business, because I think that that is a great way to get that. Obviously, creating a course is a lot of upfront work. Uh, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy to create these courses. But then once it's done, you can kind of set it and forget it and let people take it and 
have have it be that passive income. Talk to us a little bit about that. That's the idea. Absolutely. Like I love how you framed it of like passive income, let it go off and running. Obviously, you know, if you need to update something, that that's a factor. But for me, I just have always connected with my colleagues. And so the coursework that I've created has been specific to mental health professionals. And that's something I've been realizing lately in my journey is that when I say I stayed in my lane, I was literally staying in the mental health field, not just with clients, but with my colleagues, speaking to them, networking with them. And so the courses I've created, um, there's three of them, soon to be four. And the three courses are specific to helping them master their craft or help them improve or learn something that would help their business and private practice. And so it became really easy because it was something I was doing myself every day to then put into a course and say, well, if this has benefit, I'm hoping it benefits someone else. And uh, it just seemed low risk, relatively easy to say, oh, I talked to you because if we're face to face, so can I do this through a course that's helpful? So with your courses, have you set those up to be through a certain platform so that they're pretty, pretty evergreen? Yes, absolutely. So um, that was actually one of the most important pieces was researching what platform to choose. There's so many out there. I think the most well-known ones are Teachable and Kajabi, and there's a new one someone was just telling me about, but there's probably dozens. Um, So I kind of went with my coach and we went through the ones that were available, price points, the different features they had. And I ended up picking Kajabi, which is such a weird name for a platform, um, but probably is pretty clever of them. So it can sort of be remembered kind of like Google is now well, a household name. I'm sure people thought <laughs> that when they heard the word Twitter and they heard the word Nike, it didn't make much sense at the beginning exactly. either, but now they're household names. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Kajabi has been good to me. I think, you know, it's been relatively easy for people to sign up. I can see how far they've gone in each course. They get a certificate of completion, which is something that therapists need for continued education. So it's got all the right features and um, I plan to continue to build other courses into that platform as I go. So I'm great. I have it. Now, I, I, we, we've met on LinkedIn and I'm such a fan of uh, a number of the blogs that you've put out. They're so well written and they provide so much information. So I'm really excited to hear about your book. Tell us a little bit about uh, the book that just came out. Yeah. So it's called Perfectioner from Workaholic to Well-Balanced. And it's basically a guide, one therapist guide to get you there. And this was an inspiration for me. It was one of those 4 a.m. inspirations where you just wake up wide awake and your brain's kind of exploding with possibility. And at that point in my life, it was five days before my birthday. And so I think that was probably where my brain was like, what are you doing? And taking inventory of like the things I've done with my life. Um, And I'd already been doing about a year and a half of my own personal work around being a workaholic. I mean, I tend to wear five to seven hats at any given time. Um, Professor, as well as the coursework that we've talked about, as well as public speaking, different things. And of course, the therapy practice. Um, And so once I had this idea, like I had the outline done in like 20 minutes. It was just, there was so much energy there. Um, And then I wrote the book and within four months, basically during this pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And so I think what's so heartwarming about it is now that it's out there, there was a lot of vulnerability for me because it was talking about my story of basically running myself into the ground, working really, really hard. And I think that's something our generation has really heard a lot of like, you have to hustle and you have to make this all really happen. And oh, self-care, that's the thing you do when you have time. And so I found myself running myself into the ground and then having a bunch of different things happen in my life. And so this book is a story of that journey, but also the things that worked for me as a perfectioner that weren't necessarily the easy, recognizable things that people would do in self-care. And so I captured those. And I think it's about 20 different skills that I introduce in the book to say, here's what worked for me. Here's what's going to work for an entrepreneur who doesn't have a lot of time, who can't justify 
relaxing for more than three or four hours at a time. And so far, the readers are telling me it resonates, that it's humanizing perfectionism. And it's not necessarily making it about being negative or overworked, but it's like, how do you embrace that as a strength? Well, and I think that that is something that all entrepreneurs and small business owners really have uh, a hard a hard time with because there's so many hats to wear. And like you said, how I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm also trying to provide like, you know, therapy. And how do I juggle all that and do it to the best that I possibly can without running myself into the ground? And it's, it's incredibly hard to be a perfectionist or, or want to succeed with your own company because it's your own company and no one cares about it more than you. Right. So <laughs> if, if you're, you have to give it your all. And that's where I think a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs decide just to throw in the towel because I just can't do this anymore. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I love that you put a, a book together to kind of help guide people and embrace some of that into yeah, I think it's relevant. Business. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm sitting here as I'm talking to you, Katie, I'm realizing that even just doing that work that I've done for the last two years, specifically around this perfectionist part of myself, it's drawn more clients my way that identify that way. So I have a lot of young professionals who are like in the medical field or are nurse pre-med, pre-nursing, um, or pre-farm are the three that I'm thinking of just being down the street here from the office and just sitting here with them and having them work on those same skills that I was working on and continue to work on. Like it's a process and you have to choose to try and find balance every single day because perfectioners are very easily you know, able to relapse back into the workaholic status where they're not taking care of themselves, not taking walks, not eating, you know, just the things people recognize as, oh, that's not good self-care or you're burning out. So yeah. um, it's, it's fun to talk to you about this because I'm just like, oh yeah, I feel like there's a lot more people in my orbit who are. Yes. And, and I, think that, <laughs> I think that it's uh, burnout is a very real thing. And uh, it's probably the, one of the, the biggest things as to why a lot of small businesses don't succeed. What if someone is listening right now who is an aspiring or, or new business owner? What is the single biggest piece of advice that you'd want to give him or her? You know, I think for me it's about surrounding yourself with like-minded people. I think that makes it feel a lot less intimidating and a lot less lonely. I think small business owners, part of that is the isolation that you were starting to allude to right there, which is okay, we're working on our business, we're thinking about our business 24-7. You know, we don't take breaks on weekends. We don't take breaks in the evenings. Like we're constantly trying to think about the health and wellness of our business. And so by surrounding ourselves with like-minded entrepreneurs or people who inspire us, I know that for me has really rejuvenated my energy when I've questioned what I'm doing or if I need some creative inspiration, just talking with them, having lunch, or in this case, a Zoom call, (laughs) you know, that can make people feel a little more reassured that they're on the right track. They don't have to do it alone. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how you focused on so the social media and you have a very strong presence there. Like I said, I, I follow you on, on LinkedIn and you're very well written. And I think that it's, it's great to have a presence on social media uh, in addition to putting out content like, like you, your blogs, engaging with other therapists, other business owners, having those graphics and photos that align with your messaging. Talk to us a little bit about how you figured out what was working best for you and gaining new traffic. You know, I think it's a it's definitely a learning curve, and I'm still working on it. In fact, my newest blog I'm trying to write 
about is some of the search engine optimization stuff that's like a foreign language. <laughs> um, and there's so much to learn there. And I guess through working with coaches and other entrepreneurs, I just started to pick up on this idea that we are, in fact, our brand. It's not necessarily, you know, the beautiful colors or the certain fonts, although those start to matter as you start to build a presence. Like I had to get over the self-criticism and the vulnerability of being like, oh, I'm the face of my brand, whether I want to be or not. Um, So having professional photos done or having them put on different marketing messages that are out there, getting comfortable having live video or video recordings and things like that for the online coursework or through social media. And so just watching some of the other big game changers and watching that they had all these great professional photos and I didn't get a sense that they were full of themselves was kind of reassuring to say, okay, this is a good strategy that you in fact are your brand. And if you're offering a service, it really helps them feel like they get to know you. So that was a learning curve. That wasn't something I was super comfortable with the front, the beginning. Um, But I think now I'm just seeing it more and more in our community. So that's almost reassuring of like, okay, we're all doing the same thing. We must be doing something right. And, and that's one of the things, too, about social media is that when people decide to do business with your brand, especially if you're offering a service, like you said, if they know you and are used to seeing you, they'll feel like they want to do business with you or refer you for business because they see you as a friend. They feel like they know you because they've seen your pictures. They've, they've heard how you talk. They've heard your messaging. They like what you're writing. And that's, it's just going to help boost you for your potential new clients. And it's, it's a great way. It, I don't think it's self-centered or conceited at all to have branding photos done. It's just really going to help your audience get to know you better. So tell us a little bit about your model for finding those new clients and customers these days. How are you finding and engaging and selling to your new audience? You know, I think you mentioned LinkedIn. And so I feel like that's going to be another big group of people that I'm trying to access because I feel like that's where a lot of the business like-minded folks are found. And so, you know, just familiarizing myself with some of the LinkedIn lives that are now a thing and some of the video content, making sure I'm posting every day, starting to pivot and posting more blogs that are um, business-minded versus therapy-minded because you'll see a lot more of those are um, therapeutic in nature originally. (laughs) And so... You know, something I was just being educated on today is just like ads. What does it look like to invest some money into Facebook ads and make sure that we're hitting a certain demographic? You know, where's our ideal audience like to be? What social media platforms are they using? And so for me, looking at kind of the young entrepreneur, dare I say millennial entrepreneur, like we know they're still mostly on Facebook and Instagram. And so those are two platforms, for example, that I'm going to be trying to invest a little more time and energy into as well as LinkedIn. And I think that too, you have to know where your audience is and investing your time there. And you know, you're going to be going after young millennial business owners and mm-hmm. that are just starting out that could be the perfectionists and just, or the perfectioner, uh, as you so eloquently put it. And <laughs> I, I, I love that. It's a great little, a great t- term. Um, but I think that it's, it's great to know where your audience is and to try and attract them where they are instead of just being on every single social media channel, because not every social channel is right for your messaging and which one is, is where your audience is and just going in all in on that is, is huge. Yeah. Well, and I think also just the time spent, you know, like people who make that their profession, I mean, they have so much they could be doing on social media. I mean, you could be constantly posting and be exhausted. And so, you know, I think even just with this ad component I'm about to embark on with the book, you know, we're, we're being told, you know, have an A versus B version and see which one tests better, which one gets more clicks or responses. And so yep. there definitely is a strategy there that I'm just learning myself. And yeah. I feel like that's 
an education for all of us of like, how do we do this and do it well? We'll see. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting too, because you, you know, like, like you said, if you follow, have been following me on LinkedIn for a while now, you'll see that my messaging has changed from being, you know, therapy focused to being more business focused. And I think it's great that you're sharing your messages uh, and what you're learning you know, as you're, as you're learning it, like, oh, I'm going to write a blog on SEO and man, this is like a foreign language. And that's how I feel a lot of small business owners feel. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't even, I don't understand any of this. And it's, it is really hard. How do you feel uh, confident in your research and in, in writing these blogs on these topics? I, like I said, I've loved your, your blogs that you write. They're very well-written and they provide a lot of knowledge definitely try and, and follow your blog, her blogs because they're, they're very well done. So how do you find the right messages and the right research to share with your, with your audience? Yeah, I think, you know, in that transition from like, okay, I'm speaking to other therapists and now I'm speaking to business owners and entrepreneurs. I think even in the process of writing the book Perfectioner and just the steps I've taken have made it really easy to say, okay, I'm working on this this week. Is this relevant to other people? Is this, as part of my journey, something that other people could then resonate with or value from? And so with that in mind, like the branding question has shown up and just now branding this book and identifying that this is really a book about my journey and the vulnerability. And then, of course, some some skills and some self-help focus to like empower others to not go to rock bottom or drive themselves into the ground. Um, and so with that in mind, like, I don't know, it's just, it's a process. So the last couple of weeks, I feel like the creative juices have just been flowing. And now that I've written two books, um, I'm really trying to write every week. And so I think that's really where the blog creation is coming in. But as I think about the latest couple of blogs, it's been conversations with people. It's someone asking me a question. Hey, how did you learn to do this? How did you work with SEO? And it's like, well, I don't pretend to know all those answers, but I can at least give you an overview of how this looks. Yeah. Or here's a recommendation or here's a resource in Colorado. Um, and then my husband was an inspiration a couple weeks ago. He was talking about emotional sunscreen. And I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> what is emotional sunscreen? But it's just intriguing enough that I was like, okay, tell me more. Yeah. And he was basically talking about having boundaries, emotional boundaries of like slather yourself in sunscreen so you don't burn out. And I was like, oh, I can write about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I was quite pleased that that created a, a new blog that people seemed to like. He was yeah, like, oh, that helped. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I think that going back to your book, talk to us a little bit about how it is a real thing to be burnt out with your business. Um, and some of the tips that you would kind of just tell these people that are about to throw in the towel and say, I, I just don't think I can do it anymore because I'm getting two hours of sleep a night and I'm at the shop, you know, 18 hours a day and it's, we're still not making money or, or any number of reasons for them to just be done with it. What, what is some of the best advice that you would want to share with them? Yeah. So I think of the like 20 odd things that are show up in the book, there's kind of the top three that I keep thinking about the most. The first of which we kind of started to talk about, which is who's in your orbit. So asking yourself, like, who are the people you surround yourself with? Are they people that energize you? Are they people who encourage you and hold you up and, you know, inspire you to do the next best thing for your business? Can they help get the creative juices flowing? in contrast to those that exhaust us, that make that burnout all the much more intolerable, <laughs> um, that drain us, that really just don't serve the limited time we have as entrepreneurs. I think, you know, we're all saying, oh, we're so busy. And so thinking about who's in our orbit, who can we control being in our orbit? Who do we want to invest energy in versus maybe we need to let this relationship 
go or set it to the side. Um, so that was a piece that really resonated with me and feeling like I was pulled by so many people to do so many things that when I learned to ask myself, who's in my orbit, who do I want in my orbit, it almost gave me permission to then say, here's the people I want to spend some time with if I have that time. Um, so that's number one. Number two is remove the badge of busyness. And that actually originally came from Brene Brown. She was talking about this badge of busyness that Americans loved to wear of how are you? So busy. How's life? So busy, right? Like it's just something that people almost um, wear with pride as if it's a badge on their shirt. And it's really not helping us have self-care or work-life balance. Like, oh, we're just supposed to hustle, hustle, hustle and never sleep, never eat, never do anything good for ourselves. And so part of this book is saying, okay, recognize when you're doing something just to be busy recognize when you're doing something just to fill the time because you're used to going 100 miles an hour. And I'm really good at steamrolling like that. That was part of my workaholicness of like, oh, I have a gap in my schedule. What can I do with this time? And so helping people slow down and say, can you recognize this for what it is? Is this intentional? Is this helpful? Or are you just trying to fill the time to stay busy? So those are kind of the top two. And then the third one um, would be this idea of multitasking that we all think we're so good at. <laughs> um, and this idea like, okay, you only have so much energy. So where are you putting it? And when you have this to-do list, how many things are on that list? You know, in the therapeutic community, we say no more than seven things because one, you're not going to remember more than seven, but two, that's a lot of things for a day or a week or a month. And so when I was being taught how to streamline my focus and bring this all back into check, they're like, okay, write down all the things you want to accomplish in this next six months. Well, you can imagine that list was pretty long for a perfectionist or a perfectioner. But then they said, okay, I want you to pick your top 10. Okay, so you do that. And then they're like, okay, so now that you pick these top 10 that you have told me are your priorities, you cannot work on any of the others. Can you imagine the reaction that most people are going to have when I say you can only focus on 10 things? There's <laughs> resistance. There's a bunch of maybe some anger, some resentment. Um, and yet when I did it myself, I was so much more productive and so much more happy because I was feeling like I was streamlined. I was focused. I wasn't being pulled in those 5 million directions. So that's just a very you know quick snippet of like three of the 20 plus things that are in the book for people to explore and try out and see if it helps them. I love it. Now, before we finish up, is, is there anything else I, I didn't ask about during today's discussion that you think is important to share? I absolutely am in love with, uh, like I said, with your writing. And I think that your, your book sounds phenomenal. And it will re really resonate with a lot of small business owners because, like I said, there's so many hats to wear. There's, so, there's always ways to be busy. You're always multitasking. And it's so hard to, like you said, you get 10 things. <laughs> <Yeah>. Those <laughs> are the 10 things you get to do. And then you have to you know, figure it out. It's, and I think it's one of the things that many entrepreneurs struggle with. Absolutely. And then say no to all those things, right? Of like, oh, yeah. I have this new idea, but I have to say no until this one of these 10 things is done. Yeah. And so it really is a lot about distress tolerance and, you know, diligence to get something done. But I found that those 10 things were going so much faster when I wasn't getting distracted by something else. So I hope that listeners can be reassured by that versus the visceral reaction that showed up of like, no, I refuse to only focus on 10 things. Um, yeah. It does make us feel more healthy and more focused. So I'm hopeful that they can experience that too. Awesome. Well, Kara, I really appreciate you coming on to the show today. This has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your business online and where can we buy your book? So the book is on Amazon. So it's both Kindle and paperback. So it's one of those awesome, you pay and they print a custom copy for you and you get it in the mail two to three days later, depending on what you've got going on. 
Um, and then for the blogs and stuff, that's actually from our um, website. So it's Crossway Counseling PLLC. And so people can go on there. There's probably at least a good, I would say, 50 blogs on there now because it's been out for a couple of years. But I think, as you named, some of the most recent ones are really going to speak to business owners. So I'm hopeful those will be helpful. But yeah, those are kind of the two main areas. I'm on social media, mostly Facebook, <laughs> which is, I guess, normal for my demographic. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I will make sure to include links to everything on in the description of this episode. And thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely, Katie. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights. <laughs>